thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here. What is good, everybody? Welcome to Unfair Sports, the sooner or later sports show. I appreciate you pulling up with us. I am your host, Jay. We've got an action-packed episode for you all. It's been a bit since we have to do something. Just got back from vacation, and y'all decided to act crazy while I was out on vacay. And so we got to catch up on all of the news and action going in recruiting for the Sooners and everything else going in the college football world in general. And so I've got some special guests that's going to pull up. Y'all know him, my boy PG. PG from the PG Show. Talk to the people. Where can they find you? Y'all can find me on YouTube, Apple, Google, or Spotify, the PG Show, where you guys can find me at Twitter at the PG Show underscore. PG, thanks for pulling up as usual. We've got a lot of fun to talk about today, man. We, I mean, news has been just been going. I mean, you've seen a couple videos I was I did to get us caught up. We talked about um, the, the transfer portal this past weekend, had some crazy visits. So we're going to dive into a few things here. Um, for those that are new to the channel, hit the like, subscribe, bell notification, do the same thing for PG on his channel. If you're listening to the audio version, please rate us, review us, give us five stars. We think we deserve it. Just give us five anyway and gift it. And so make sure you hop in the comments and say hi. We love to hear from you all. We're going to talk about today on the docket. June 9th visits, things that went down this past weekend. We're going to dive into some of those and uh, some of the ones that are meaningful, especially in PG's world. Champ, you barbecue list. We've got an update on the list uh, via on three, which I love the way they set it up. We'll be popping up on the screen talking about the players pulling up. Biggest one is going to be the 2024 SEC opponents were released for all of us. So Oklahoma, I got Oklahoma and Texas up. And we're going to talk about both of their, their opponents that they're going to go against. And then, of course, we'll have recruiting news and notes like we always do. So before we dive into anything, PG, man, how's your day going? It's going good. We're only eight days from wedding season. So I guess we've been in wedding season, wedding day. Yeah, I mean, we've been in wedding season, but your wedding is the one that's coming up. So, yeah, give, give, give PG a congratulations, a round of applause. Make sure you let him know that you're uh, there for him as he is preparing for that. And so, all right. PG, let's let's jump right into it. We got one more guest coming a little bit later. We'll let him take his time to be Chris from the Horns Down podcast. He'll be pulling up in a bit. And so we'll let him jump in once I see him. We'll pull him in. But let's start off and talk about this past weekend's visits. PG, I know that you dropped some videos on this and talked about it, but there were a lot of really good players in town, especially ones here that the Sooners want to give a intimate special touch with. I saw Williams and Winery was in town. Uh, we saw Kobe Black, five-star corner. What jumped out to you when it came to these visits? Yeah, I think the big thing that jumped out to me during the June 9th official visits was the focus put on the offensive line and then Williams Winery. And I say that because they focused on trenches but didn't invite any other defensive lineman to the June 9th official visits other than Williams Winery because they wanted to solely be able to focus on him since they weren't going to get him there for June 16th, where ultimately he decided that he was going to take that Tennessee visit. So right. I know the visit went really well. I've heard a lot of good things about it. 
And I will be curious to see, does Williams Winery take the Oregon official visit later in the season, or does the recruitment officially get shut down sometime in July or August after he's taken the Tennessee official visit. So that's kind of the one that I think everybody's going to be paying attention to and watching for, especially now that you know what your schedule looks like in 2024 if you're Oklahoma, right? You know you need to get some dogs. And Williamson area yeah. is a dog. So um, you got to make a quick turnaround on that defensive line. And Williams, Winery, David Stone, uh, shoot, even if you can get Dominic McKinley now. I mean, we're going to start entertaining that conversation. I think that would uh, put you in a position where you could go out there and compete with Bama and Tennessee and some of these teams in year one. So, uh, But as far as Kobe Black goes, I'm just going to tell you what I said last week. I'll be shocked if he commits to the University of Oklahoma. So that's just one of those recruitments where I don't see Oklahoma earning a commitment from the five-star cornerback. But, uh, you know, we haven't seen OU do that in a while, and they got Peyton Bowen last year. So maybe uh, Brandon Hall and Jay Valai can work some magic, sprinkle some fairy dust over there, and <laughs> land Kobe Black. And I'd say Marcellius Williams, too. I, I, would, I would assume Williams will probably end up with either USC or UCLA. As he's from California. It just seems like those schools have a good foothold on him. And yeah, he's been out to Oklahoma a couple times now. But um, honestly, I think Oklahoma, they know they have other targets that they can get if Williams doesn't want to be here, right? Right now, you have Newcomb committed in this class. You can still go out there and get Devon Jordan and Eli Bowen. So I would think even if you got those two guys with Newcomb, you're looking at a really good cornerback class. You don't have to go get a Kobe Black or a Williams because your room is just so deep and young as it is. So last year, they focused heavily on the defensive back room. They got a lot of that taken care of. And now you see them focusing this year heavily on offensive line and defensive line. The reason is offensive line, you could be losing up to five offensive linemen just because of graduation and NFL draft. Right, Tyler Guyton being the number five, if he has a good enough season at right tackle, you could see him potentially be pushed to go to the league. Um, And then... On the defensive line, you know, you're going to be losing a couple defensive linemen. Uh, I believe it's going to be Isaiah Coe, Philip Paya. Um, you're going to be losing Rondell Bothroyd. Yeah, uh, Bothroyd, this is last year. Yep. Yeah, maybe DeJon Terry, if DeJon Terry has a good season, just because he's already put up okay seasons at Tennessee, uh, depending mm-hmm. on what kind of grade he gets, potentially Terry. So I think if you're Oklahoma, uh, you got to focus on those two. And, you know, I've said it. You got to take at least five to six offensive linemen. You probably got to take six to seven defensive linemen. Um, I'd like to see them get at least six interior guys, and then maybe go get a couple edge guys. So, but Oklahoma, Jim, no, yeah, let's talk ahead. about that. Let's talk about that. Let's, let's let's talk about that a little bit as far as um, some of these players that we don't feel like we have a chance at landing. So, um, I like the fact that Kobe Black and Marcellus Williams actually pulled up, and I say that because. They're taking their officials, and let me let me preface this statement. A lot of people have asked the question, you know, why is Oklahoma's class not as robust as some of the others, especially on the big boys, this early in the recruiting world? Well, you all know Coach BV and staff discourages players from committing early. He, they want them to go do their visits if they plan on doing visits. So I think it's one of those conversation pieces of, I think I want to commit. Perfect. Do you want to take other visits to other schools? Well, yeah, I still want to do that. Okay, don't commit yet. Wait until after you finish all your visits, because one of our rules is, is once you decide to commit, all visits are turned off. We saw that with Sammy Brown, with Clemson, same thing with Brian Westco, with Clemson, two players we were going after. 
when they did their visit last weekend at Clemson at their big event, they decided to commit. They canceled all of their official visits from there. That's something that we would prefer to do too, is that we give that, the staff gives that ultimatum. If you decide to commit, we want you to cancel all your visits. That way we can just focus on you and this class and all of that jazz. So because of that, that's the reason why a lot of these kids are not uh, committing yet. Cause a lot of them are really high commodity players anyway. So Kobe black and Marcellus Williams coming out. And like you mentioned, he's Marcellus has come out twice and he's out of uh, St. John's Bosco, California. So coming out twice like that, it's a big deal to me. And I think that that actually, he probably will end up with one of the California schools. But I, I, I think we actually have a chance only because he took the time to come all the way out here for it. Now, one player that did jump out to me, PG that came out here was Fox crater. This is his second visit. The Oregon commit on the offensive line, four-star top 220 player in the country. Committed to Oregon. He's an Oregon commit, and this is his second time coming out here. This was an official recently, but he also did a standard visit. What do you think about that? I mean, he's been out to USC, too. He went out to USC on June 2nd. So, obviously, you look at Fox Crater. He's definitely, even though he says he's committed to Oregon, he's not really committed to Oregon because he's shopping around. I mean, he's he's definitely looking at a potential other place, which is interesting because uh, I'll just say this. There is a specific offensive tackle that did not end up getting a chance to take a visit to Oregon that I believe probably would end up at Oregon if he could get, uh, if, if they had spots. And mm-hmm. Fox Crater's taking one of those spots. So I'll be curious to see if maybe Oregon decides to uh, tell Fox to pretty much take his talents elsewhere at this point because he's taking all these other visits and they know that they have another guy that potentially could end up in their class at the offensive tackle position. So I don't think Oregon's too worried about it and him taking all these visits. But uh, yeah. I mean, it would be okay for Oklahoma to get him. I, I like some other tackles, though. I, I like Oklahoma okay. for some other guys. All right, so who's on that list of people that, you, that you're into? So, I mean, yeah, so I mean, the first one's obviously going to be Grant Bricks. Now, I know Grant Bricks can play the tackle or he can play um, uh, the inside. Yeah. The interior offensive line. They're uh, guards. That's what they're called guards. Uh, He can play either one of those. So he's completely versatile. You can use him. He can play center too, right? Yeah, I believe he can. Uh, But I think if you can get Jason Zandamella, you want to get Jason Zandamella. But uh, I like. Marcus Easley, the 6'7", 300-pound offensive lineman. Uh, so he's a little bit bigger than Fox Crater. Uh, he's from Illinois. I just I think he's I just think he's a little bit like when you watch his film, I just think he looks a little bit stronger than Fox. Um, mm, additionally, fair. I think you're going to get Caden Massey. So, uh, and then you're in the running for guys like Weston Davis. Uh, you're in the running for Bennett Warren. And then you've also got uh, Max Anderson, who I believe is coming for the champion barbecue. Now, I think Max Anderson's going to end up with Tennessee because if you follow the man on Twitter, it seems like where he's going. So Fair. Max Anderson, Tennessee, but uh, Weston Davis was an interesting one because he was on campus and it seemed like Oklahoma made a lot of progress there. However, if you're Oklahoma, you're having to battle against Alabama, Georgia, and LSU. And you might say, well, why those teams for a, Six seven two hundred seventy pound offensive tackle out of Beaumont, Texas, at ranked one hundred eighty ninth. Well, I'm just going to be honest, guys. If Beaumont, Texas, that's why. Yeah, if <laughs> they produce all some of big these boys like A and M and Alabama and LSU want the kid, then there's something there. It's it's not for nothing. Uh, you know, LSU 
because they're pretty close, right? So, you know, they need to uh, continue to build up that offensive line that they were able to put together last year. But then Alabama, right? You know, Alabama has done a really good job at putting guys into the league uh, and developing offensive line, even without Kyle Flood. So yeah. um, Oklahoma's got an uphill battle there. I'm not going to say they're favored for Weston Davis or Bennett Warren, uh, but I think they're in a pretty good position for Grant Bricks, Caden Massey, and Marquise Easley. Okay. I like that. I like that. All right. Well, so on that note, let's move over right into Champion Barbecue Weekend. May as well go ahead and look at this list of players that have come through. And so thank y'all for pulling up to the channel. If you are new, hit the like, subscribe, bell notification, join the family. Same, do the same thing for PG. Just search the PG show on YouTube and follow him on Twitter. You'll see the scroll at the bottom. If you're listening to this, Rate us, review us, just like you would for Unfair Sports, the uh, Sooner or Later Sports Show, as well as for the PG Show. And so, because of that, um, also, if you listened, wanted to listen to the podcast version of this, just search Sooner or Later Sports Show. You'll see my face. Join the family. Let's talk Champion Barbecue Weekend. And so I've actually got the yeah. um, player list. Yeah, so, I mean, the the, the biggest guys you're looking at is Oklahoma's got uh four, we do that, five stars or yep. four or five stars. Let's look at the let's look at the one that everybody cares about the most, the trenches. <laughs> These are your top players that are really going to be in town. You've got Stone, you've got Dominic McKinley, you've got Joseph Jonah Ajonye, Nigel Smith, and then you can add in Tatum. Taylor Tatum, the number one running back in the country, as well as Terry Bussey, the nation's top athlete. And so that's six top players in the top 100 that will be in town trying to be recruited by somebody. So back to what you were saying, PG. Yeah, no, uh, you have, I'm going to count Taylor Tatum as a five-star because the dude's going to be a five-star by the end of the cycle. He's just that Fair. good. Like literally in the composite ranking, he's 33. So what, what are there? 32 NFL draft picks. Yep. Uh, yeah. So he's literally one spot and he's right there. And with a good senior season, he'll get there. So you've got David Stone, Dominic McKinley. I think you last week you had Williams Winery and now you've got, uh, four of your top defensive line targets on campus. And I would say one of them, I'll just say, is committed. Let's just say David Stone's committed at this point because it seems all fingers are pointing that he's here, that he's Oklahoma. And it would not shock me if David Stone is already out here committing. Um, I think uh, Brandon actually talked about it on their podcast on Monday, Brandon Drum over at Rivals. But he said uh, David Stone that situation reminds him of Derek LeBlanc from last year where Derek LeBlanc wasn't committed to Oklahoma yet Derek LeBlanc was recruiting for Oklahoma before he committed, mm -hmm. which you feel like is happening with David Stone at this point. I mean, look at it. He's up here a couple days all early the time camping. Like he's up here camping with all these yes. 2025 and 2026. And I mean, shoot, there's 2024 recruits on campus this weekend. So David Stone's the one you want to circle. You want to be able to try to get his commitment out of this weekend at this point, if it's committable. Um, you know, obviously there's other stuff there. Dominic McKinley's the interesting one. The industry will tell you Dominic McKinley is going to LSU. However, I don't, and you can check this. I'm not sure Dominic McKinley has scheduled that fifth official visit yet. And that fifth official visit was kind of going back and forth between Alabama and LSU. So if he hasn't said that yet to LSU, then I'd say, oh, you still pretty well in the running here. 
And now, so, and on that, the reason why for those that are uninitiated and are curious as to why that you would think that McKinley is LSU, he's from Louisiana. And usually Louisiana, LSU typically gets the top guys out of Louisiana, especially when they're on more of an upward trajectory. And he's one of those players that would work wonders for them on the defensive side um, going forward. And so when you talk about the upcoming, the visits, He's here at Oklahoma. He's got Texas, and he does not have. He has an a, official at Ohio State and A and M. So far, there is no official visit set for uh, LSU, and he's so, been at every place twice: LSU twice, Ohio's uh, Oklahoma twice, Texas twice, A and M twice, and he's been Ohio State once and Alabama once. So he big. hasn't. That was huge. He hasn't picked the second spot for any of those other teams, which I would have thought he would have by now, but he didn't. Which, and you might ask, you might, some of you in the chat might go, hey, well, why would Dominic McKinley just not take six official visits? Because they can do that now, right? Oh, yeah. Um, They're going to limit it now. Yeah. Talking to some kids about how these official visits work. One, they like to usually have them wrapped up before the season starts. But two, it's hard. Like, to think about it, you're scheduling your usually your official visits back to back to back to back to back. So, you know, to put six, seven, or eight, official visits in there that's hard on a recruit so shoot that's hard on me have you thought of traveling every weekend yeah for for six weeks straight yeah so they i mean a lot of these recruits you're still going to see take five official visits some might take six some might take seven but on the whole you're still going to see about five so i still like dominic mckinley here really faith-based kid aligns really well with what venables and todd bates and the staff are and their morals are there for uh, Joseph Jonah Ajonier, I just believe that's going to be a Georgia win at this point just because I feel like Georgia has to press really hard at this point for Justin Williams. Knowing you're on flip watch for Dominic Riddick, uh, the other five-star linebacker that's committed to you. and uh, Ooh, flip watch, really? Yeah, yeah, he's from Alabama, and he's taking an official visit to Alabama. So uh, Ty and I will tell you all day long he's on flip watch. Uh, and then, you know, they didn't get Sammy Brown, uh, a guy that, a lot of people thought Georgia was going to get. I told you guys at the beginning of the year, Georgia likely will not land some of the best recruits out of Georgia, which is KJ Bolden, Edric Houston, and Sammy Brown. So Georgia's kind of in a heap of a mess here because if they can't land the top guys out of their state, are you really convinced they're going to go out there and continue to recruit at a high level? Because Clemson's going in there and they're taking care of business in the state of Georgia. And it's going to continue to be that way. Something Clemson's been able to do really well. So I, I don't think you land Joseph Jonah Ajonye, but Nigel Smith, I think this is the week you can pretty much seal the deal and uh, potentially try to get him to stop taking visits so that you can wait for that senior night commitment. I, I don't see Nigel Smith publicly committing early, but uh, you, know, you could potentially silent commit that one and put that one in your hmm. books. So Nigel Smith, I think he's extremely talented. And if you land a defensive line class of David Stone, Williams Winery, Nigel Smith, Jaden Jackson, and then you add a guy like either Jay Alex January or you add a guy like, well, I'm just talking about interior guys um, oh, or the kid from Friendship Academy up in Maryland, you have a really good class. So Oklahoma on the defensive line, I'm not freaking out yet, but they definitely need to take a little bit more uh, interior defensive guys just because you lost Derek LeBlanc. So if you have an opportunity to take three five-stars and Nigel Smith and Jaden Jackson, 
you do it. You don't turn them down because you need to have a big year. You're going to the SEC. You need to build up your young defensive line. You don't want to just rely on transfers next year because they're going to have to take transfers next year. There's no way around it. Uh, you know, they got quite a few guys exiting Stripling, Grimes, Hicks. Uh, you have Bothroyd. You have, um, like I said, Terry could potentially go if he gets a good draft grade. Um, I think you have Jordan Kelly is a redshirt fifth year guy. Um, so there's there there's there's they're gonna have some losses on the defensive line. So you gotta it's true recruit it hard this year. It's true. No, no, no. You're right. We we got a lot. We've got a lot of rebuilding on the offensive line, which is always fascinating with the way that uh, Coach Bedenbo does and how well he's done with getting players to the league and all of that. And still it's a, it's a grind fest for him to get guys on the, uh, on the line to just commit, but you know, that's going to change. Don't worry. We've, we've seen the money that beaten both gotten, but let's take a look at some of these players that are, that, that I think we, we could potentially get a commit out of. I think Durham is ours. Um, he's here this week for camping. He's, he's camping. here. He he's camping. You got him and you got Tatum here. Now, one thing I've seen floating around is is something with Tatum and Durham probably not wanting to be in the same class. Her Tatum is looking at baseball too. So there's so many factors out there, but I really want Caden Durham. I would love to snatch him, prevent LSU from getting that speedster because I do not want to see him um, every year uh, or every other year playing against LSU in the SEC because he's going to be really, really good. Tatum, if anywhere I see him ending up West, unless he goes pro on the baseball side. But there's a good chance. I mean, I know that we're after Tatum hard, and DeMarco really likes him. I'm wondering if we can get Xavier Robinson to join the class too. That's what's terrifying me. That's terrifying me. Is that I don't know if we're going to be able to land Xavier Robinson. And I want that huge 4-5 running, 250-pound running back. You think we got a chance at all with with Xavier Robinson? <laughs> it sounds like that's trending so far away from Oklahoma at this point. So I'm not going to count on it at this point because it does not sound like it's an Oklahoma's favor. Fair. That's a fair point. And that's, that's what I've been hearing, too. I haven't hit him up yet to try to get I'm, I'm trying to get on for an interview after some of these official visits go probably closer to the 4th of July weekend. Um, I'm going to try to get an interview with him, but. I know he's talked to a few other people. We talked to JP and Trav, which had a pretty good interview with him. I want to get him in after some of these visits, understand how his visits go, and just talk, you know, ball in general. But let's jump into this line. You've got Bennett Warren. You got uh, Zena pulling up. Who o- o- on this line overall? You think we got, we got, of course, Isaiah Otley, who we already got committed. You think we can snatch up one of these big linemen in this cycle? Like one of the five star defensive linemen? Or even like uh Caden Massey. You think he got a chance of pulling him Oh in? yeah. Oklahoma's landing Caden Massey. Um okay. I think they get Caden Massey, they get Casey Poe, they get Grant Bricks. Um the 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 ones that I'm super interested in is like Jason Zandamella, uh the number yeah. one rated center in this class. Uh, he's a four star guy. One that I think a lot of people are saying, Hey, this is a Florida State USC battle. That's one that I'm interested in. Uh, and then in terms of other interior offensive linemen, uh, you got Eddie Pierre-Lewis, who it seems like Oklahoma's trending really well for. So, And oh, okay. then you got Daniel Cruz, announced Oklahoma was in his final four. So, um, I, I, yeah, I mean, Oklahoma's got a shot. I mean, Oklahoma's in way too many uh, 
battles right now for these guys to not land at least two of them. I like that. I like that. Okay. And then, of course, at the linebacker spot, uh, Boganowski. I really hope we get him. That dude can ball. Uh, but we've got a few linebackers in there. We've got uh, him. You've got um, – let me go back to one of these other slides that we had with some linebackers. Um, James Nesta. Potential. Who else are we gunning for at the uh, the linebacker spot? Uh, you, have Braden floating Platt, around? you have Braden Platt, Ty Anthony Smith, James Nesta. Um, oh, I'm trying to think. There's there's somebody else I think I'm missing. Michael Boganowski, I think he's listed as a linebacker, but yeah. he's probably going to play safety. Okay. Cheetah, probably. Probably, yeah. So I can see uh, that. Let me, let we me, like to grow on that one. Because I think you're on to something here. It makes sense. Yeah, I, mean, but, I, mean, no, linebacker. I mean, that's the gist of it for linebackers. Right. Yeah, and, and he's list, him being listed at linebacker, coming in as a cheetah. He's going to be able to play both. He can go into coverage. He can go probably play linebacker to coverage at safety and then have somebody else be able to play linebacker to edge, just, you know, which you see with McCullough as well as Justin Harrington. So it's a fair point when it comes to that. All right, now this is the one that intrigued me the most before we jump into the schedule. I know everybody wants to see the schedule. We're going to pull out this schedule. Um, yes, Kim, you're 100% correct. Um Ross is crystal balled here by a lot. I just dropped a video on that not too long ago. Jay Sean Ross has already, he basically with him, and I think he may be your edge to linebacker um, cheetah also because he plays also wide receiver. And looking at looking at the film, dudes are just a freakish athlete. So if you get him zeroed in, he's good. But with those crystal balls, he actually went through and started retweeting everything from Covered Wagon. The last person that did that was Ion Kearney, and he literally committed within a few days of that. So there's a good chance that Ross could commit soon. I don't think that he will. Uh, actually, correction, I think he will this weekend. I'm going to I'm gonna put that out there and say we'll get him this weekend with somebody else. I don't know who. It's him and somebody else commit this weekend, and then we're just going to be like, boom, the explosion goes. Everybody gets excited. We lose our mind for Father's Day weekend. So, but <laughs> one that really intrigued me on this list is is Samaj Jones. Still taking official visit here at quarterback. Uh, the rumor is we we've informed them for quarterbacks that we're looking at going for two. You know, more so depth and competition. If you're good, you're going to win the job. If not, you know, you'll be there to compete. Hopefully, and I thought it was intriguing that he still decided to make the visit with Michael Hawkins, who had already committed. What's your thoughts on Samaj? I don't know if we win him. Um, it doesn't seem like he's trending our direction, but what's your thoughts on that one, BG? I don't think we land Samaj Jones. I think he goes to West Virginia at this point. I mean, he definitely got the starting position if he goes there. Uh, if yep. He can beat out uh, Gilbert. Well, and it seems like he's got people committing there, and you know, there's been a lot of uh, talk about him and West Virginia. I, I think it's a West Virginia win at this point. I can see that. He's like trying to recruit people to come there with him, right? Pretty much. That's why he says his recruitment's still open. He still has one final official visit to Oklahoma. I just, I, I would think that's probably trending more, especially since Oklahoma threw out an offer to Andy Bass, who I actually think will commit this week. Um, he's the quarterback. Yeah, so the athlete. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's he's a quarterback. He's he's listed as a quarterback athlete out of I think is it Ada? 
he's from here. He's from here. He's from Oklahoma. So yeah, he was off yeah, yeah. camps, and then um, yeah. Uh, Heritage Hall. He's from Oklahoma City. Andy Bass is uh, Heritage Hall, Oklahoma City, five ten, one ninety seven athlete. Um, and it looks like he's gonna. He's gotten a crystal ball to him. I think it was a future cast that was put in. Uh, so I think that there's a very good chance that he does commit. Uh, I watched some of his film. Dude's yoked. Pretty big dude. Um, I don't know if he plays quarterback for us, though. That's the question I'm wondering about. Does he actually play quarterback? Or we just have him as a potential quarterback if we need additional... Potential um, quarterback for if we need one. So it's basically you get a guy that's on scholarship that can play quarterback. Because that's right. the problem right now. You know, people are asking, wait, why? Because there's a potential Oklahoma's going to take two quarterbacks in 2025, guys. Like, yeah, we got yeah. Kevin Sperry, but they're looking to take somebody else too. Uh, there's, there's a reason why there's so many 2025 quarterbacks in these camps right now. Because uh, when Dylan Gabriel, like, uh, let's just say... Dylan, because I mean, there's a chance he could come back. Let's just say Dylan Gabriel actually leaves Oklahoma this year. He goes to the NFL draft, right? You are only left with two scholarship quarterbacks committed to your school right now for 2024. Jackson Arnold, Michael Hawkins. So you look at it and go, okay, well, maybe we can get Samaj Jones not looking like it's Oklahoma at this point. So Andy Bass, yeah, you can utilize him somewhere else if needed. But like, let's say for some ungodly reason you need <laughs> to go to your third string quarterback, Andy Bass could be there to help you out. Obviously, you'd probably look and take somebody else to the transfer portal. Since I know y'all just for some reason hate Davis Bevel, like the dude can't play or something. I mean... And Bobby's got a good point. I did see this that he did camp, that um, Bass did camp with the running backs, and Demarco Murray's his his uh, primary recruiter only, and so yeah, has a good chance that Bass will end up being in the running back room, um, at his size and speed. Watching him run around, dude's pretty good. Oh yeah, also he runs track, so he ran a a, a win eight at ten five in the one hundred, another ten six five as well, uh, recently in this spring. So. Yeah, he won the state 3A 100-meter uh, in track. So he's another track star, another track athlete that the Sooners have been going after. We're going for speed and power, so sold on that. That's Champion Barbecue. A lot of stuff going on there. Thank y'all for pulling up, as usual, to the channel. Um, hit the like, subscribe button while you're here. We love for you got to hit that like button and uh, help us out with the YouTube algorithm. Show some love, PG, on this channel since we have a lot of mutuals. Um, make sure y'all tell a friend and hit the share button. Why? Because sharing is caring. So, without further ado, this is what y'all are here for. We got it. And the man joins us finally as we're about to jump into the meat and potatoes. What's up, Chris? What's up? Let people up, know where man? to find you. What's up, man? What's up? You know, so, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. Go let the people know where they can find you. Oh, hey, look, you guys can find me at the Horns Down Pie uh, on Twitter. You can find me at Chris with a K as well on Twitter. You guys already know. Jay, let's jump right into it, man. I'm, I'm really excited about uh, about the schedule, man. It's it's it seems like a gauntlet. I don't know what you, what you guys have said before, but let's get to it. Yep. So I saved this. I was hoping that you would get on by then, and so I've been saving and preparing it. And so now we're gonna do this. Here's your schedule. These are the teams that are confirmed that Oklahoma will play in 2024 in the SEC schedule. Now, dates are not set. The only date that is set is Texas. Is the Longhorns and Cotton Bowl will happen every year. That's the one thing they said that the officials stated that they did not want to break up 
any of the big rivalries. So Georgia will play Florida in Jacksonville like they always do at the world's largest cocktail party. You'll see the Cotton Bowl. So the Red River rivalry will not go away. It will be in Dallas as usual. PG uh, disputes and hates that. But at the same time, we get it. We get it. It's going to go down. Uh, and you're going to have Texas A&M versus Arkansas at Jerry Circus down there at the uh, Cowboys Stadium, AT&T Stadium. So, but this is what we got. We got Tennessee, South Carolina, and Bama next year coming to town. Neutral side against Texas. And then we travel to Auburn, LSU, Ole Miss, as well as Missouri. I ain't going to lie to you. I'm going to tell you guys the one game that I am the most excited about is getting my butt down to Ole Miss and watching the lane train at the Grove in Mississippi. I really want to go to a game at Ole Miss. I've been to Death Valley. I've been to Nayland Stadium. Um, I kind of want to go to Auburn, but I'm not really that big on it. I want to go to the Grove. So, Chris, since you just joined us, give us the one game that you're excited about <laughs> checking out on the road. Oh, on the road? Okay. Oh, uh, yeah. Valley. Give me a road game first. Death Valley for sure. Death Valley for sure. Uh, the <laughs> LSU crowd is going to be going. People are going to be excited. People are going to be electric. Uh, um, you know, if it's a night game, it's going to be great as well. Um, I, I, I really like this schedule. Um, and I'll, I'll tell you why. I just, I'll just answer the question directly and I'll say LSU just because of the atmosphere. I would right. say Auburn, but Ty isn't on here, so you know <laughs> you can't terrorize the man. <laughs> Understood. That, that 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 that's that's very much fair there. Um, PG, which games jump yeah. out to you? Um, road game that you want to go to? I know you want to go to all of them, but which one oh, really oh, gets your attention? We'll start. We'll start road game first. Um, I'm gonna go Ole Miss. We got some. Uh, pastors here that were at our church for a couple of years and they planted a church at Ole Miss. So I'm excited to go out there and see them. I haven't seen them in a couple of years and actually check out the campus. So I hear it's beautiful out there. The Grove is dope. I heard, I mean, you gotta be pretty uh, rich to get in there too, but I heard it is dope. So, all right, then PG, we'll go right back to you on that. Looking at this schedule, how do you feel about it? I feel really good about it. Feel good about it. So I think, honestly, I think the Alabama game is one where they could probably overlook us a little bit. Um, just be because we're coming to the SEC. We've had so much talk about our defensive line being so bad. I I could see. I, I it seems like every every time Alabama plays us, they they play really well the first quarter, and then they start to just slowly drop off. And you know, unfortunately. In that playoff game, Oklahoma was just was just too much for Oklahoma to endure and come back. But that was a historical uh, team, so yeah, I get it. Yeah, but uh, Tennessee's going to be a lot of fun. Jay will be there rooting for his Volunteers, and uh, everybody else will be there for Norman. But I like the schedule. I like it. Death Valley is going to be a fun one to go to. Hopefully, that one's a night game. Oh, I wanted to that to be a bit night game so bad. I went to Dude, LSU add that to our list of game day games that I, I that went I to earlier. Oh, that's a good one. We're gonna talk about that next. Uh, but I went to LSU Tennessee last year. It was the first time Tennessee had been in Death Valley in like six or seven years or whatnot. And they unfortunately made it a day game, which I was pretty upset about, but it was cool. I wasn't tripping. And of course, Tennessee destroyed them last season there. But it was yes, Death Valley dope. That is a very much dope stadium. And I'm, I am excited about that. I just want to check out the Grove. I've been hearing nothing but great things. Everybody dress up. The women dress up in the dresses like Southern Bells. And it's all, it's like, it's an, a true event and atmosphere going that deep south or whatnot. Chris, 
Overall schedule look. How you feel about it, man? Man, actually, I feel pretty good. I, I just had a friend um, in, in one of my group chats. He hit me up. He said, you know, it's funny that the team that 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 couldn't really handle K-State the past couple of years <laughs> is now thinking that the schedule. I was like, no, 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 no. This is what you got to understand. First off, with this schedule here, you look at Tennessee. Tennessee is probably most likely going to be starting a new quarterback, Nico. Oh, no, no, they will. Who we all think, who we all believe is, is really talented. Don't get me wrong. But at the same time, when I look at some of these teams, I look at the schedule outside of Alabama and LSU, okay? I look at Tennessee, South Carolina, especially. South Carolina is going to have total new game. What if they don't have Spencer Rattler and then they're over here scrambling again to get another you know, quarterback, right? Is Auburn going to have their quarterback in place? Are they going to have the outside weapons? You're looking at all these play, a lot of these teams with Mizzou, uh, Carolina, South Carolina, Tennessee, Ole Miss, and Auburn. You know, Ole Miss will be pretty much the best offensive team added out of those, mm-hmm. just simply because I think that the continuity-wise, you're still going to have Jackson Dart there that you'll have to deal with, even if he's not starting this year for whatever reason. With uh, Spencer Sanders being there, that's my thoughts, right? So I think that they are the team that comes back in 2024 that you say probably has the most pieces to go out there and really, you know, go do something outside of, you know, Tennessee. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to knock them. But what I'm saying is that those teams to me are going to be leaning more on their defense going into 2024 than trying to be these explosive juggernauts. You get what I'm saying? And with Auburn, Auburn, you got to think about it, too. Auburn's going to be probably ushering in a five star four-star, high four-star, five-star quarterback that's going to be a true freshman, right, probably? Yeah, Walker White. Yeah, outside of them, you know, we always talk about Nussmeyer down there, uh, LSU, and then Alabama will have probably their incumbent quarterback, whoever's starting this year will have obviously have more um, time to start uh, going forward, have more years of eligibility, excuse me. But when I look at the schedule, man, point blank simple, man, I'm not – necessarily scared i i see the names on here and there are some there are some teams that recruit just like us recruit better than us uh who recruited better than us in past years but when i look at the schedule i say man there's a lot of opportunity on here you just have to match the intensity take the crowd out of the game especially at an auburn lsu and an old miss they're going to help you missouri i feel like you know obviously the players haven't been there but you know coaches some of this coaching staff has been there and they know what it's like. So I feel like yeah. go, handle, go handle your business and don't let this team, you face this team before in the big 12 with the Baylors that uh, the West Virginia's of the world, the Texas techs that's, that's similar to that. But when I look at a game like South Carolina, um, though I love Beamer ball, I don't know what Beamer ball is going to look like in 2024, especially when he's losing a lot of his key pieces and his handy dandy quarterback, AKA Spencer Sanders. So when I look at Spencer it, it's a rattler, not Spencer Rattler, excuse yeah. me. <laughs> same when thing. I, when same I look thing. at it, oh, hold on, hold on. <laughs> but when I look at it, you know, Alabama, um, LSU, those are, are, are honestly the cream of the crop on that list. Obviously, Texas are going to say today they should be you know, on our radar as well. But, hey, it's Texas, you know. They're celebrating yet another offseason championship. But when I look at this this schedule, though, hey, look, I'm excited about it. I think we we should fare pretty damn well. I think more than six wins than what whoever that was who said that. I think we'll get more than six wins. I, I, think, I think between eight to ten wins. I mean, just looking at the schedule alone. And not so, seeing like an awful offseason of what's shifting around and who's getting who. 
And I get you with that. And so Jordan's the one made mention of. We get six conference wins with this schedule. That's a good season. I will totally agree. I think it's going to be a battle in the SEC, in, in the SEC when, we, when these two teams are added, Oklahoma and Texas are added. But so, Chris, so before I throw this to you, PG, I want to talk about two things. One, I had one question in here. Gabriel asked a question about me, who I'm going to be fooling for in this Tennessee game. I'm probably going to pull for nobody. I'm just going to enjoy the game because oh both of these teams God. I've adored my entire life. I've adored Oklahoma was the team that I inherited as a child because family and everyone loves the Sooners. And this team that I chose was Tennessee because I'm a big Tennessee orange fan, not an Oklahoma state orange fan. I like Tennessee orange. I don't like Auburn orange. I don't like anybody else's orange. I like Tennessee's orange. And so I've stuck with that, but I'm going to enjoy the game because it's going to be dope. Now, granted with that, Another thing to point out, too, is, is that I think the most exciting game in next season, as much as I'm excited about going to Ole Miss and watch the game, I think that Tennessee-Oklahoma game is going to be the most exciting. It's going to be Jackson-Arnold versus Nico. Um, and I, I've said this before. I feel like Nico has the highest ceiling in that class. He had the highest ceiling, period. Um, PG had to jump. He ran off. Um, I think that Nico has the highest ceiling, and I think Jackson Arnold is the most complete player in the class. And so it's going to be fun seeing those two play each other. But, Chris, we're going to have some fun here, too. Just cool. PG had to jump. Uh, we're going to look at Texas schedule. You ready to go look at theirs? Oh, yes. Let's go look this, at Texas schedule. This is Texas schedule, guys. This is who Texas got to play. Their home games will be Georgia, Kentucky, Mississippi State, and Florida. And they'll travel to AM, which is such a punch in the gut to them. Arkansas, Vanderbilt, and then of course the neutral side game versus Oklahoma at the Cotton Bowl, which of course makes it even more intriguing is that Oklahoma uh gets one less home game. Texas get one less away game, which is of course, you know, a blessing for them in general. But we always consider North Dallas. North Texas is just southern Oklahoma in general. But I'm looking at their schedule and man. They've got a pretty favorable one, too. I think the games is going to be tough for them. And y'all got to hear me on this. I know that no one wants to believe this, but I think that they're going to have a problem with that Texas A&M game. And I'll say that for this reason. A&M gets up two games a year, usually. And one of those teams is always Alabama. That's the one that they – that's the reason why Jimbo Fisher still has a job. Right. He got the job because he beat Saban before and they and he's kept he's and he got the extension because he beat Saban also. So because of that. I think that a and is going to give Texas hell. They're going to go out to get revenge from the last time they played, which was like, what, 27 to like 24 or something of that nature can, at A&M. Can I can can I, I'm, I. Come on, Chris. Come on, Jay. Jay. Come on. You are very, very, excuse me, you are extremely disrespectful. I don't have time for it, okay? Because the fact of the matter is, is that we have a team on here that would love to talk to Texas one more time, okay? And that is Arkansas Razorback. Oh, of course. Oh, okay? No, no, you, you're right. right. So I, I'm just saying, <laughs> you, know, you before we get to Texas A&M and Georgia and Florida, all you rest, let's talk about Arkansas. Texas, y'all got to go get, y'all got to run it back in blood. Y'all got to go get y'all lick back. I mean, and you're right. It's fair. That's a you very fair statement. You can't, you can't see it and tell me that. Art, look, uh, it's a, it's, it's, it's awe inspiring that you're playing Georgia, Texas A&M. Yep. We get the rivalry back, and we got to go there. We could go and shut the twelve, the twelfth man up. Well, Arkansas, 
Oh no, I'm trying. I'm trying to come out to Arkansas. I'm running out to deal with some scissors. I mean, I'm. Trying, oh yeah. I'm trying to. I'm. I'm really trying to embarrass them. And we going there again. I may actually try to drive up to Fayetteville for that game. I'm not even gonna lie, because I would love to see uh, Sam Pittman get that dub against them. Because we we talked about this on the SEC Connect. If you check out our other channel with all of us co- collaborating together, the SEC Connect, and we went through the schedule for Arkansas this season. Man, it, they're probably going ten and two. Like, there's no excuse for them not go ten and two this coming mm-hmm. season if everything works out perfectly. The best part about that is they finish with a season like that. It's a good chance it's gonna make it look good when it comes to the recruiting this coming season. Crews right. may try to come up there and, and spend some time in Arkansas. So when they go 2024, that game against Texas is gonna be a pain. Texas is gonna have sure those two road games to me are gonna be tough. Mm-hmm. Do not sleep on Vanderbilt either. Do not sleep on Vanderbilt. If you do sleep not on sleep Vanderbilt, on Vanderbilt. Hey, look, you know, in all honesty, I'll, I'll jump back to what you were saying originally. Texas AM, them going them going to Texas AM, that that's huge. That's great. I'm glad that we get that robbery back. Um, hopefully, and you know what? To be honest with you, Texas fans, I know that y'all are probably going to clip this and some of y'all are going to talk about this one day uh, and try to rub it in my face. I hope Texas wins. I hope Texas goes up, goes down there to um, uh, to College Station and I hope y'all y'all run y'all y'all stump a mud hole in their asses. Nobody I mean, on, on either on either fan base, not like no OU fan or Texas fan. That's one thing we do have in common. We don't like Texas A and M, especially as of recent. Like I don't like them at all. See, you're a lot nicer to me. Me personally, I'm 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 praying for a zero zero tie, oh, and they both a get a loss tie. in the columns. Yes. Yes. I want them to get a zero in both columns, just because I just don't like either. But you're right. We all have a little bit more disdain for it's funny how we come together against AM just because we just all hate how cocky they try to be without realizing they've never really done anything. It's like, yeah, y'all spend all this money, I do all this stuff, and y'all literally do nothing every year. And I really think they have the audacity, the gall to think you should be respected. You know, what's funny is, is that they are 13 and 12 in two years and think that this is a positive trend, but I'll I digress. Um, but hey, when you look at the home games, you know, Georgia coming, this is what we talked about um, a while ago, man. If you flip mm-hmm. back to OU schedule, you look at their and you look at Texas schedule, you thought about, damn, wouldn't it be cool? Like, you know, if OSU, let's say OSU joined the, uh, the SEC, wouldn't it be great to have, you know, Auburn come uh, to to O State? at 2.30 or like, you know, 11 a.m. And then at the 2.30 kickoff game on CBS is, you know, Bama at at, uh, at OU playing in Norman. I mean, it would be beautiful. You know what I'm saying? Or even making it a night game. Like, it would be beautiful. And the state, our state, would benefit so much from that. But, you know, obviously, O State is not in the SEC, but Texas is. And it's still cool to think that, Damn, Georgia's going to Texas in 2024, and Bama's coming to Norman. So they're 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 coming over to this side. So it's going to be huge, man. And those are games right there, out the gate. Now you don't have to wait until uh, OU Texas to figure out what type of team you got. Now you can actually go say this is the type of team that we are. And these are quality wins. Sad to say, these are also quality losses, too. So it's kind of up in the air mm. how you want to go with your season. You got to think, because, you know, going in 2024, what else is happening? 
not just OU and o, uh, uh, and and Texas going to SEC, not just UCLA and, U, and USC going to the Big Ten, which we need to talk about that at some point. But um, fact of the matter is, is that they're going to the 12 team playoff. So with that being said, you have room for error. You can run through your non-conference possibly drop a game to Georgia or Bama and still run the rest of the table. You're in the SEC. You have an SEC bias. You may not win the SEC championship, but you can still get in there at an at-large bid. That's true. No, you're right. And, yeah. Especially if you're sitting there saying that their only loss is a seven-point loss to the SEC champion or to the SEC runner-up. You're sitting there saying that, okay, but we went and and dominated everybody else and we ever got a shot uh, at them again you know, second time's a charm, you know? So Yeah, I, I'm curious to how many one how many one loss teams is gonna be left once we uh get to the actual playoff side of things next year. I'm really curious to what that's gonna look like, especially mm-hmm. with you uh USC and UCLA going to the Big Ten and in Oklahoma, Texas and the SEC. It's gonna be intriguing to see how they try to treat everybody and what biases come in to allow teams into the playoffs that probably should not be in there because they lost during the season. But, oh, man, I, I, that Florida game in Texas, it's going to be a fun one. I, Mississippi State, I won't know better until this season. After this season, I'll have a better understanding. And I wonder if Stoops can keep the the butt cook kicking of Texas uh, Street going by going down to uh, actual um, – Texas Stadium and beating them at, with Kentucky. I wonder if Mark can keep the stoops. Well, I think Mike is his linebacker coach, isn't he? He's not the D coordinator yet, is he? I I would say linebackers probably. I'm not sure. I know he's linebacker coach. I don't think he's the DC yet. Let me see. Mike's uh, the... defensive coordinator. I'm going to look it up right now. No, he's a linebackers coach. It's uh, Brad White still. Brad White is still the uh, defensive coordinator. So, all right. Whew. About to say Texas is going to get lucky. Get Mike Stoops out there and it's going to be a problem. No, for, I mean, here's, uh, here's, here's the thing. If you look at our schedule and you look at their schedule, the, the, the biggest thing is that every week you have to bring it simply because there's a different caliber of athlete at those SEC schools. And teams like Texas, I mean, like Kentucky, um, that's that's not just going to be necessarily a throwaway game. I don't know what they have as far as quarterback or whatnot, but damn it, if they're going to take that high-powered Georgia offense, and some people will, may argue and say, well, Georgia doesn't have the weapons that a, a Texas has, I would say, damn it, they actually do. I mean, there's a guy named Bowers that you probably take over all four of your, your best wide receivers at Texas right now. But my whole thing is, is that each team presents a different week-to-week of ebb and flow you're lucky because you have you know you have a bunch of coaches who come from those championship pedigrees and you have guys and i'm talking about ou and texas and you have guys right. who have coached in the sec and guys who have serious ties to the sec but when you're playing against the kentuckys and you're playing against those um who is that when you play against Kentucky, the Missouri's different teams like that, especially on the road, what you have to realize is, is that those are the K States. Those are the TCUs. Once every Baylor's, those are the Baylor's of the world. And, but with better athletes and not saying that they have better schemes than some of those, those uh, teams 
They just know how to get the job done. And so they're going to game plan and they know. So this right here, I think, will be a true test for both of them, for both teams, OU and Texas. But and I do think each – it depends on where you're at with those teams, how much of a gauntlet you think that each team has. Texas, to me, I, I, I will – you know, I'll side with Nick. I, th- I think they got maybe slightly – by a slight margin, they do have the tougher schedule by a slight margin. Yeah. Um, I guess you could say that with, the, what, the Georgia game, right? Will probably be the one. Let's go back to this. No, I quick. wouldn't even say the Georgia game, though. I mean, look at our schedule. I mean, we have we have Tennessee. We have some teams that you have some questions about, bro. We got some risers, too, man. And then Auburn, as mentioned over here by uh-huh. James, is about um, – is the uh, is Auburn? We don't know what they're going to look like in two years, and, and that's because Hugh Freeze. We don't know what Hugh Freeze is going to be. Hugh Freeze has the opportunity to turn that program around if their boosters allow them to actually do it. So it's going to be intriguing to see what Auburn turns out to be over the next couple of years when Hugh Freeze is trying to you know completely flip things around for them. But I don't I, I don't think Texas has a tougher schedule than us. Why you I'm looking that? at the I'm looking at the of course Bama. The rising Tennessee Vols. I mean, we got Josh Heupel and uh, Joey uh, Halsey are doing a very good job with their quarterbacks, and I think they'll do just fine with uh, with Nico. Because remember, Joey was was instrumental in uh, Hayden uh, Hendon Hooker doing what he did the two years he was there at Tennessee. Brian Kelly ain't gonna be no slouch when it comes to recruiting. I'm telling y'all, Kelly will have probably have a national championship in his first five years there at LSU. It's hard to not win at LSU when you throw a rock and you hit a five star, and they want to come to your school because there is a there is a passion for LSU football in the state of Louisiana that these kids just dream of being in the Mardi Gras colors at that school. They dream of being dressed in Mardi Gras every Saturday. So that's where it's going to be tough for me to not think that. LSU is going to be a problem every year. He's able to do a little damage at Notre Dame, but couldn't get all the players he wanted. He can do that at LSU, though. LSU going to figure out how to get the in-state boys in on that team. And so just those three games, to me, only game on here, two games, I think there's going to be a real problem to Texas that compares is Georgia and A&M. Well, I, I'd say Arkansas could be there, but I don't think Arkansas is going to be as tough as LSU. That's just me. That's that's where I, I I'm not sure. Now, if we want to look at the other games where we just kind of like the teams that fluctuate, I think Texas got it a little bit tougher. Beamer ball is going to be pretty good, but I don't know. Lane Kiffin always poops to bed at some point, and Missouri has been they've been a dumpster fire since winning the SEC West two years in a row. But who or East two two years in a row? You know, one thing I'd like to see, I'm not sure if you can pull that up, is when do we play these teams and what order do we play these teams? So yeah, that's a good question. That's, that's a good interesting question. point because, are you know, are we, we opening up with Bama to start and then going to LSU? Or is LSU going to be, you know, um, our – our you know fourth big you know sec game you know is that going to be I, I don't know that so that's kind of where where are these teams positioned throughout the schedule because you know yeah you would love to have a i wouldn't mind going to going to mizzou, mizzou and then going to old miss and getting those games away and then playing four home games <laughs> you know what i'm saying <laughs> and then possibly I mean, going on the road and finishing i mean but you know that lsu game at the end of the year you know if that's if that's the case so i think it's obviously where are these games positioned at as well? I'll say this. I, th- this is this is just my guesstimation on these games. I'm going to say I think 
Alabama, September, Texas, October, Tennessee, November, um, and South Carolina in November. Mm-hmm. I think I think we'll have more home games in November because with those two, but I think Bama's a September game. I, I, I just feel like it's going to be a September game, and of course, Texas is always in October. I think traveling-wise, we'll probably travel to LSU in, in October, so we'll probably have Texas and LSU around the same time. We'll probably travel to Ole Miss in September, and I think we in the in the season with Missouri and Auburn, October, November range. That is my anticipation because we'll have two cupcakes in September or at least one cupcake in September. We may have another, actually we probably have two and then one more uh, September game in like November probably. Uh, well, I'm sorry, not September game, but one more easier game in um, November around probably the Tennessee game. That's kind of what I'm thinking. If, uh, if, uh, if, if, if it plays out the way I'm looking at it. Um, our bye week will be the week before Texas, most likely, uh, again. So that'll give us opportunity to rest because that's going to be the emotional game of all of them. But there's a good chance we'll play a cupcake right before um, Alabama, in which they'll do the same. We'll probably be the second week of the season. It's Alabama, Oklahoma. That's what I'm looking at. Now I can see Texas opening their season against Georgia, though. Yeah, I could see. <laughs> I could see this being an opening week. Early. This is going to be November. There's no reason why Texas A and M Texas won't be a November game because it yeah, usually I is. Think, I think that'll probably be that like the last game of the season too. Like Thanksgiving weekend. Week. But I think yep. that like uh, they'll probably put that on Christmas Day or something like that again, or the day after. Uh, yeah, that's a Thanksgiving. It's definitely a Thanksgiving yeah. game that Thanksgiving, comes back. Too, to Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving, weekend. Thanksgiving Day. See, I don't know why I said Christmas, but yeah, it'll be Thanksgiving Day uh, game. Um, I think Georgia and te- hell, I wouldn't be surprised that that would be like their second game of the season. I wouldn't be surprised if you sprinkle that in where you had them playing FC FCS uh, East, then playing Georgia and then playing Rice the next week. You know what I'm saying? Like right, right. Yeah. That's what's gonna happen. You're gonna have a cupcake mixed in between some of these. So opening week against someone we blow out, Alabama week two. And the same thing for Texas. They'll have a cupcake and then Georgia. And then I'm sensing it'll be that one of those big road games that happen. So Arkansas may happen at that point or Vanderbilt. They may make Vanderbilt the early game for them. Um, or they may make Vanderbilt the game before Oklahoma, which I think yeah. would be a very bad idea. Um, it would be funny, too, because that could be a, definitely a game they would overlook and could potentially lose on accident. Um but that's definitely a November game. Florida, I'm curious to when they will want to have Florida come down there to Texas. Um, September is probably the best to bring Florida down there because both teams are used to the hot and it'll be just like, you know, old times. Uh, but <laughs> uh, that one's going to be intriguing. And then I think like probably Kentucky, Mississippi State is probably going to be more of a uh, late October, November, an early November type game. So. Mm-hmm. But I mean, we have some fun, man. That's what's key. Fun. That's what's key to me is just you know where, it, when, and where are these games play and how are they laid out during the season? Um, are you catching a team really early where everybody's trying to figure it out? Or are you catching a team late whenever they they've kind of fit? They have figured it out, right? So yep. that that's kind of the biggest thing for me. Um, I think for Texas. You know, Mississippi State, Kentucky, and, you know, Vandy, you should be handling your business. But, you know, that Florida, Texas, A&M, and Georgia game, those games are, you know, 
I feel like there's a lot of games on both both people's uh, <laughs> schedules to possibly. Um, I, I feel like there's there's teams on both on both team schedules where you can honestly say, "Hey, look, this is probably going to go to the fourth quarter." Like, just yeah. may not may or may not be a, a blowout simply because, and you know, with us, we're going to be young in a lot of certain in certain positions going into the SEC. But I, I definitely think we'll be talented. But you know, how soon can we have those 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 you know those those younger guys, especially on the D line? How soon can we have them turn that corner? And that's you're right. Whew. It's gonna be fun, man. 2024 is already exciting. I don't want to skip over 2023 because I think this is gonna be a great, fun, and pivotal season for the Sooners as we are growing the team, growing the roster, regrowing the brand with the new coaching staff and really cementing ourselves as the elites of the elites like we should be. But 2024 is gonna be fun going to the SEC, man. Which game are you gonna are you going to travel to? Do you have one on that list of games that you said I'm gonna be there? I'm gonna be at. Uh, man, you know uh, the fellas are already telling me we gotta go to we gotta go to LSU. We gotta go to to Death Valley. So I mean that's you know might be a little bit of voodoo out there, but that that might be what happens. You know what I'm saying? You may have to go out there. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I, feel, I feel you. I feel you, man. I uh, my with my daughter going to LSU, it's gonna be perfect because she's gonna be uh, you know losing her mind with us being in town. Some of her friends from high school will definitely pull up for, with OU since a lot of her friends went to OU. And so we're going to have a blast down there watching that LSU game. I will be at the Death Valley game. I want to go to the Ole Miss game. That's if that if any game I want to go to this year. Uh, I'm that year in 24 is going to be the Ole Miss. One. I want to get to, I've been wanting to get to the Grove for years. And so I also saw one thing that was intriguing about the schedules before we wrap things up and send everybody out is that <clears throat> The, with the rotations they're going to do, the, the the rumor is the SEC is going to have the three-game rotation, uh, the three teams that you're going to play every year guaranteed, and then they're going to have two teams set as rotating. So every other year you will play them um, uh, home and road and stuff. So like every three, four years you'll be uh, guaranteed a home game or every two years, something of that nature. And when I saw that, that, got, that was pretty intriguing. That's on the nine – game schedule what's your thoughts on the nine game schedule for the sec because i'm gonna be honest i'm not big on it i prefer eight now i was kind of excited about the whole bubble system man i thought the bubbles made a lot of sense i thought possibly dividing it in divisions i thought that made sense um nine game schedule all the rest of that stuff i mean jay i'm just gonna be real with you man i'm ready to play some ball man i'm ready i'm so i'm tired of talking about it man i'm just ready to play some ball but i i i think there's so many different ways I think that whatever is done in the first couple of years in the uh, SEC, I'm going to give it two years for them to run it how they want to run it. I do not think it's going to be final at all. I think you will see them eventually do something to kind of uh, – Like a pod system or like something? A pod system or maybe even going to divisions, especially if they're able to secure um, uh, a Florida State, Clemson, teams like that. I think you'll see them more or less do that. I don't think that you, you know, I, I say divisions, I, but I think you would see a true, because we're not doing an SEC West, SEC East, or anything like that this year. It's just all. that On 24, I don't believe so. I don't believe, well, they haven't announced if they're going to have it set up like that. Okay. But, I don't mean, I don't know. I mean, looking at the schedule, man, it, it kind of feels like that's a lot of potential West East setup. But, yeah, we are Rondell Bothroyd days away, number 80. 
days away from the season happening. So, you know, I'm stoked. We know that Chris is stoked because we're going to have some great times. Um, be prepared. This weekend is going to be busy. We talked about the champion barbecue list. It's going to be a lot of players. Chris, I'm going to give you a moment. You got anybody that you've seen on the list that jumped out to you that you're ready to see pull up? I'm going to pull up the big boy list. Yeah, pull up that big boy in. list. Um, these, these are the top 100 players that's going to be in town this weekend. Obviously. Who jumps out to you? Who you think is going to go? Tatum, man. Mm-hmm. You know, with with USC making a move or whatnot, I think, you know, there there's some kids on here, man. Hey, look, you know, JJA especially, there's some kids on here that those those two for sure, we got it. We got to close that deal. We need to close that deal this weekend, have a lot of these kids already sold up and go ahead and, and, and start getting these commits. Um uh, these commitments from these from these kids that we've heard so much about with heavy OU ties. It's time. Um, I think. Oh, excuse me. I think it was about that time this year, uh, last year that we started seeing a lot of recruits start. You know, just kind of jumping on the ship or whatnot. As much as yeah. we've heard behind the scenes, as many silent commits and people that they pay, basically you know shushed away and just said, "Hey, you know, it's not time yet." I, I'm I'm ready to see it now, and I, I think you will see it. Uh, a bit after this this weekend too. I think that yeah, I think the champion barbecue weekend is going to be weekend where they be like, you know what? Nope, let's go ahead and lock people down this weekend and then the last weekend in July when they do the other champion barbecue weekend. That there it'll be no, we're going to go ahead lock in. You ready to lock in? Put your commitment in right now. We're gonna we're gonna cancel all of your other visits. And we're gonna make the magic happen. And I sense that we're gonna get at least two or three big name recruits that's gonna commit. We may finish the weekend with about five people that's gonna commit. Uh, in my personal opinion, I think we'll have at least five more commits by the end of this month. And so, yeah, it's going to be a uh, busy, 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 um, busy weekend. So, you know, I'm excited. I know everybody else is excited. Uh, Chris, you know the routine. Let people know where to find you. Hey, Wrap horns, down, up. horns Down Pod on Twitter, at Chris with a K on Twitter. Hit me up. Link with me. You know what I'm saying? We got, we got, we, hey, it's, it, look, with this happening now and us being right around the corner, we got to ramp it up, man. It's almost that time, man. I'm, I'm so excited for the season. I'm excited to get through this season. But one thing before we go, did you not see the, the, the quote from, uh, today's conference with, uh, with the, with the schedule release, what, what BV said? No. What do you say? Mog just sent this to me, and I just got to get your thoughts on this on the way out. So BV said, if we just get better on defense, we're going to win 10-plus games and have a chance to hang a banner up at the end of the year. I love the confidence. I mean, I'm there. I'm there. I'm already there. there. baby. I've been calm. I'm Sign your boy up for it. I'm there. I'm there. I love it. I love the confidence. That's what we've got to do. We've got to exude that if we're going to be walking into these stadiums and feeling like we're going to make the magic happen. And so, yeah, I'm all for that. Um, I, I got to look up that quote so we can talk about that more. But follow Chris, Horns Down Podcast. You know, we're going to be doing it. Thanks for pulling up here to the Sooner or Later Sports Show. Uh, make sure you like and subscribe as well as if you're listening to the audio version, ready to review us, give us five stars. You think we deserve it? Just give us five anyway and gift it. So with that, we will chop it up with y'all. Uh, I don't know. In a day or two. Peace.